He missed it, but it's in. A scrappy goal, but at this stage, they all matter so much for Inter, and they lead in the Derby d'Italia. Taram didn't claim it. He celebrated nonetheless. Gatti, the unfortunate party, who has put past his own goalkeeper. But now Inter are the force in Serie A. Federico Gatti, the unfortunate party. The Nerazzurri go four points clear at the Serie A summit. They still have a game in hand. Full-time score at the Miazza. Inter one, Juventus nil. Well, Nick, it's a cold night here in Charleston, South Carolina. I just got back from Mom's Gone Wild night at Accent on Wine. Um, <laughs> very interesting crowd yes. tonight. All all the wives were out and escaping from their dad bod husbands and yeah. trying to 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 be uh, single women again, I guess, for one night in their minds. But uh, it's it's crazy out here. I mean, it's you know, it's winter time and. You know, that's when they all get their peacoats on and they go out and you had the hot nerds, you had the hot gilfs, you had the hot, I don't even know what, but I mean, it was, I looked around, I, I was, I was, I was texting you and I was talking to Steven and I actually, you know, was like, if you look around every single table, the bar has a couple of guys, you know, couples, but every single table is full of housewives, desperate housewives, if you will. Yeah. And I mean... It's I, so I finally look. I, I had to turn around and I hear all these conversations going on. I got caught looking one time, right? But it's whatever. Oh, yeah. And then I have two gilfs sit down next to me, and they they immediately, like, "How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm I'm doing great. How are you doing?" They're like, "Doing great." I, so what are you drinking? I'm like, "Well, I actually brought Stephen two beers, um, and one of them he's going to take home and want to split with me, and that's what I'm drinking right now." <laughs> and I'm going to slide my keys over to me and I'm going to finish the spear and I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's just been, what a weird night, man. I just went out to get some charcuterie and uh, enjoy enjoy a, a, a pint. And yeah, that's that's what I got. So, but you're well aware of the scene here. It's uh, not too unfamiliar to you here in Park Circle, what's going on. But no, it's, <laughs> not at all. I mean, it was very, very... Uh, how should I say this? It was, it was an overdrive tonight, man. They had their wine tasting, and I mean, they all came out in droves. So, God, yeah, yeah. Big folks be getting laid tonight. I'll tell you that. Oh, big time. <laughs> oh yeah, six kids, six new half American, half German kids running around Park Circle. Oh yeah, yeah, with little Real Madrid jerseys. Yeah. Uh huh. Oh man. So uh, how 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 are you doing this week so far? Good man, yeah. Enjoying, enjoying everything. Enjoying the last little bit of cold we got. We got seventy degree weather in. I think after tomorrow. So today's Wednesday. It's like what forty fifty. Then yeah. Thursday sixty, and then all uh, surprisingly Friday it's going to be seventy one degrees. So welcome to Charleston. Uh, this is the stuff we deal with, and um, yeah, man, we got a great. Uh, great show ahead. We got a lot to talk about. We also have been paying attention to some tournaments, so we're going to speak about that too. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, man, just uh, a lot. We've been, we've been, me and you have been busy. I mean, it's funny because you'll come catch up uh, with me at work and we could still keep going. I mean, there's just, yeah, just so much to, to talk about that. Uh, it's, it's a good spot to be in. 
and uh, it's a great place to be, and it's wonderful to be here tonight with you and our friends here in Charleston and all across the globe. Well, the one thing I will say is that I'll be able to take the golf cart out this weekend. That's going to be nice. Yes. Yes. I'm very excited about that with the with yeah. the weather coming in, you know, 71, 72. I'll be able to take the little one out on the golf cart. You know, we'll come say hello to you yeah. on Saturday. Yeah, man. So, be- yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to have some some warmer weather and just to get out of this frigid I mean it's 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 brutal in the mornings. It was I, I literally walked out this morning and I'm like, this is it's not what I signed up for. Um, you know, she had Emmeline was like, she wanted to go out. She had, uh, she had football this morning at school. And for mm-hmm. those of you, yes, she actually, yes, football, like real football, not American egg. football, yeah. egg ball. She was playing, she's in football. She's enrolled in football for the four-year-olds. And, um, she decided she wanted to go out without her Liverpool jacket. And then she quickly understood that that was a big, big mistake. Yeah. So yeah, I'm. I uh, I told her I said you're gonna want to you're gonna want to put your jacket on. But she had her beanie on, but no jacket. She was just wearing her kit, and that yeah. that was it. Yeah. So, and then she says, like, "Daddy, I need my jacket." So of course, I said, "Yeah, I'm sure you do." You, I, yeah. I told you you would want it. So it's <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm tired of the frid the frigid temperatures. Let's get you know Puxatani Phil. He he predicted an early spring, so I'm all about that. Okay, good. I would love to, I would love to. Groundhog Day went in our favor. That's good. For those of you who like warmer weather. Yeah. And that's why I live in South Carolina is because I like warmer weather. So yep. the quicker you can get here, the better. Yeah. Live well, Nick, uh, speaking of warm stuff, we had, a, we had a banger of a match on Sunday, and I said this would be the headliner of the week. Yeah. And we were not disappointed. No. This was basically Inter and Juventus. This was the Super Bowl of Serie A. This was the return fixture. They drew at – Turin earlier this season, and then this was the second leg at the San Siro. Yeah. And if I have to say, Inter deserved all three points, Benjamin Pavard and Aserbi. Aserbi made Vlahovic's life absolutely miserable. Yeah. He had the one clear shot on goal. He got a very bad first touch, and he whiffed it. Yeah. And that was basically Inter's best shot to equalize but Pavard was amazing. I mean, you talk about he tried to score with that volley, but he was perfect in defense. I mean, you could not have asked for a better defensive performance out of Benjamin Pavard, former Stuttgart great. Uh, obviously, Bayern thought he was uh, not not worthy of them. He goes to Inter. He's he's creating a whole new image for himself. Yeah. And then I look at players like Chana Lolu. Chana Lolu was absolutely amazing in midfield. Mm-hmm. Excellent passing. Yep. Position, vision, everything on point. This is a guy, former Leverkusen legend. Yeah, obviously, Chanalolu. Absolutely, came from AC Milan, now playing at the rivals Inter Milan. And I would say this is probably his his um, opus magnus. This is his best work of his entire career at Inter Milan. Chanalolu and Benjamin Pavard to me were the man, men of the match. It's hard to pick between the two because one was brilliant in midfield. And one was brilliant in defense. But I have to say, too, Taram, selfless performance from him. Mkhitaryan, he was very, very crucial in midfield. 
and Inzaghi. Inzaghi. So we called this last week. So it, we we saw we talked about this, right? Yeah. What do you do when you have two teams that play three five two? What's what is going to happen? And we said something's got to give, right? Oh yeah. So Juventus was far too passive. They they were the ones that conceded that they were going to sit back. Yeah. Inzaghi, they dominated Juventus. They deserved to win. And I would say that they're four points clear with a game in hand. So it could be seven. And you have to say right now, Nick, that half the Scudetto, the 20th of their existence, is in Inter's pocket right now with this win. What what did you see in this match? Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw... A midfield in a backline masterclass, man. Pavard looked amazing. He looked like he was in French form when he's out there, when he's playing World Cup, you know, finals and, and World Cup playoff matches. I mean, it, it was great to watch. I I I had a I kind of figured, man, that, that we would see this too. I just I, I know I, I did say the one nil final to enter, um and it's just I kind of felt like we would see this just defensive masterclass from Inter Milan and you wouldn't see Juve break through. I, I just felt like they weren't strong enough and, and it ended up being just like you said, Juve kind of sat back, like, especially for the first 60 minutes or so. I kind of felt like it, it was almost like they were okay with not scoring or something. I, I didn't quite understand. Uh, so. Kind of what about what I expected? I expected Inter Milan to get the win. Uh, just looking at stats, just the passing was crisp. Both teams were almost ninety percent on accuracy. Long balls were all three for four. They were both seventy five percent, close enough to it. Uh, it just, you know, it, it turned out Inter got that first goal, that that early goal, and then it was just, hey, let's let's keep this. You would. I want to say they just sat back and parked the bus, but Inter Milan was still coming. You know, it wasn't like that. So, kind of what I what I expected. I would like to see more action. You predicted more goals, and that's what I wanted. And uh, Inter Milan was happy with the one nil. Uh, it was it was a, a beautiful match to watch. I'm I'm not someone who expects a lot of goals in Italy right now, and one nil was good for me. Here's the thing, though, like Allegri, Juventus were far too defensive in the first half. Yeah. And it's no surprise, like we said, this was going to be their game plan. Something had to give because Inter, but we what we talked about last week was that Inter are far more versatile with their 3-5-2 yeah. than Juve are with theirs. Juve concede possession to equal or superior teams. Yeah. And they will sit back. And the problem is Allegri sat back too much. Yeah. When you look at Vlahovic, I thought he was the worst of the starting 11 because he looked like he was frustrated. He looked like he couldn't get into his groove. He had, like I said, he had the one really good chance of the game for Juve, but had a very bad first touch, which then ended up being a nothing burger. Yeah. To me, Vlahovic was completely frustrated by a Serbi. And that was part of the reason he had such a poor performance and a bad day. Bramer was one of the best players for Juventus. If you wanted to, I mean, it was a solid, solid performance from the Brazilian, but 
Chesney had two incredible saves. He got uh, Barella and Arnautovic in the second half, so he kept it at a 1-0 scoreline. Yeah. So Chesney, I, and I said this last week, I said Chesney, he's in his, he's in his, closing in his mid-30s now, but he's still a world-class keeper. Big time. This is a guy that you have to respect. He can still make some incredible saves, and he kept Inter, excuse me, he kept Juve in this match. He did. Yeah, Arnautovic, he came on and was looking good. I mean, he had a few ch- few chances, and Juve's goalie, de- like like you just said, he saved him. I mean, because it could have been worse. Cambiasso, not enough consistency. McKinney, yeah. he just wasn't very good on the ball. Nope. Lucatelli. It was what decent, he, it, decent performance from him, right? Yeah. Rabiot, for example. Yeah. He just lacked vision, and just in the final third, he was just not good. Yeah. Not good at all. And then Kostic. Kostic had way too many wrong passes, and he was subbed halfway through the second half as a result of his poor performance. 65th minute, he went out, and uh, Timothy Vea came in. Yeah, and it was a battle of the three – Excuse me, the the uh, three five two and Juve just just each position enters just a little bit stronger with almost every position, and it showed. Yeah, Felipe Inzaghi, he deserves a scudetto. You know, he, he's he came on after Conte left Inter, and he's kind of retooled this squad in his own vision. Yeah. And this three five two, this midfield. A lot of these players have come on since he got there, and I got to say, I've, I've said this since the beginning of the season. Anybody, well, you too, you've said it too. Yeah. Anybody who wants to go back and listen in the archives, we have both said that Inter, the way they set up, the way they play, they are the most versatile side in Serie A, mm-hmm. and they are the most equipped to handle any other team in Serie A, and they are the favorites. They have to be the favorites to win the Scudetto this season. And they're going to get their second star above that above that badge on their on their kits next season, their twentieth Scudetto, because they are the ones that are able to adjust and adapt better than anyone else in this league. They can play they they can play up to any level of competition, but in different difference the difference between this interside and the ones in years past before Conte, they don't play down. To the competition. They don't lose to the Sassuolos anymore. They don't lose to the Udineses anymore. You could have, there used to be this stretch in January, specifically January, where Inter would be top of the table at Christmas under Mancini. It actually were, I think, in in 2014, 15, or 2015, 16 under Mancini, they 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 were top of the table. And they would come out in January and just absolutely crap the bed just completely fall apart. January and February were their kryptonite. And they would go from first to fourth. Yeah. Or first to fifth. It was insane. It was insane the drop, right? Yeah. I, this time, under Conte, it didn't happen. And under Inzaghi, it's not happening. It's a different inter. They have a, there's been a new culture created that hasn't existed. In the, this, in the last four years, there's been a culture created that has not existed since Jose Mourinho was there. Yeah, and that's the difference. They don't get these banana peels losses anymore. Yeah, they're consistent. They they go in every week and they expect to win. And when they do, they only have one loss. 
oh, this yeah. season in the league. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you say equipped. It's funny. I thought you were going to say something else. They're equipped to handle any team, I feel, that they're going to face in Champions League also. I mean, it, they were a, a skin around my teeth space away from winning that Champions League last year. That 1-0 to City, I mean, it could have gone Inner's way easily. And and don't forget, they yeah. had a worse goalkeeper in Onana, as we've seen. So I'm telling you, I like them as my dark, dark horse in Champions League. They get the right matchups. They can make the final again. And and they are strong. I, I'm telling you. you well, I'm not, I don't have to tell you. You know, listeners, they could shock people. They could make it to the final again. And they could do some something, man. Someone knocks any all these strong teams out, you know, City, Bayern. I, I hate saying Bayern. Let's just say City or something. They Inter Milan could could screw around and, and win the Champions League. So I, I agree with you. Everything you're saying, man. This is a beautiful. Team. I, I think Inter would would crush Bayern right now. I so do I. Absolutely, the way they're playing. I mean, come on, Waiter Berman. I mean, we love him to death, but goodness gracious, you line up against Inter Milan right now, and they could go down easily, easily. Yeah, they would. They would have an answer for Harry Kane, and then after that, what's Bayern going to do? Right. So, Zerbi, if he can frustrate Blahovic, he can frustrate Kane. We know Kane is the tap in king. Yeah, he likes to get the easy goals, three feet in front of goal with no keeper in sight. Those that's his that's his staple, right? Yep. So ricochets, block shots that happen to fall on his foot, that kind of thing. Yep. That's not gonna happen with Inter. That's nope. not gonna happen with with this with this side, right? So th- this th- if if you if Bayern struggle, they struggled against Augsburg, they lost to Bremen, they struggled who was it they just played recently that they struggled against Who, uh, after? Who? Oh, it was Union. Union Berlin. They struggled. They got a one 0 win against yep. them, right? Yep. This is so. This inter side would absolutely would absolutely take care of Bayern if they if they were to play them. Now, Bayern have a. This is so we talked about Inter and Juve being the Super Bowl of Serie A. Well, the Super Bowl of Germany is this weekend. We're yes. going we'll to talk about that later. Yeah, this is this. It's coming down. It's it's going to come down to this weekend. Like this is this is it for the Bundesliga. Like yeah. this is absolutely this is this is nut check time right yeah. here. But you're not getting off the topic. Yeah, this was um, this is everything we expected it to be. Two juggernauts going head to head. The best rivalry in Italy, bar none. This that's why they call it the Derby d'Italia. It's the Derby of Derby of Italy. Juve enter. It doesn't get any better than this. Number one versus number two, and number one prevails. The good guys win. The black and blue. The Nerazzurri. One nil. You called it, Nick. You called the score line. You yeah. you called it right down the middle. You said this is how it was going to be. I called it two one. I did. I predicted the score wrong, but I predicted the winners correctly. You predicted the winners and the score correctly. Yeah. So you win the grand prize, sir. <laughs> what's your final word on this? What's your fi- what is your final word on this match, and what do you expect from Inter going forward? I mean, in my opinion, anything less than a scudetto is absolutely un- unthinkable. Yeah, I my last my final thoughts on Inter and Juve. I'll say Inter Milan. They they've got to be the hand down hands down favorite for the scudetto, and they will. 99% chance run out with it. I just I feel it would take you know, two or three bad injuries to take them down. 
because Juve will just have to win out. I mean, or expect Inter just like I said to have all those injuries. And it, what do I expect from them forward? I expect them to go deep in Champions League, and I expect to see them at least semifinal. At least semifinal. They could even skate to the final, and, and let's see if they can take it home. I would love to see Inter Milan sneak away with a Champions League victory and then just just make it a 1 or 2 nil final, too, just to rub it in everyone's faces because, you know, Champions, Champions League final, no one wants to see that. They want to see the the Real Madrid Liverpool two one four three. You know what I'm saying? And Inter would just go in there, score a goal and or two, and shut it down. Uh, so that's exactly what I expect from Inter. I see them going deep in Champions. I see them winning the Scudetto, and uh, we will be talking about that probably what three months or so. We'll be talking about their championship. So that's that's what i would expect to be talking about yeah absolutely i i can't see anything anything less than that yeah as we said they have a game in hand and they're four points clear and they basically gone toe-to-toe with juve that that draw against empoli for juve really cost them those two points could be critical come the end of the season and juve still i think have to play ac milan they still have a few yeah. tough ones ahead. For instance, Inter just played Fiorentina. They've gotten that one out of the way. I, I Juve's, Juve's got a tough uphill climb. If it's seven, if if Inter win the game in hand, they're seven points clear. That's going to be very tough for Juve to catch up. Big time. They won't. Yeah. Okay. Take- well, yeah. We okay. So we have to talk about this because this this we've we we have we have built to this moment now for months. Okay. It all comes down to this. Everyone in Germany is now caught up. Everyone's played 20 matches. You saw Mainz and Union Berlin. They played. It's 1-1. They draw. So Union Berlin is now in 15th place. They're three points ahead of Cologne for the relegation spot. They have 18 points. Cologne has 15. So everybody's caught back up again from all the snow cancellations. We have 14 matches to go. Everyone's on even keel. Leverkusen this weekend host Bayern. This is it. Yeah. Saturday, 12.30 p.m. It's the primetime match. Kickoff at 6.30 in Germany, local time. 12.30 here on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll talk about the manager for Leverkusen here in a little bit as it pertains to another club. But this right here, this is this is a job audition. Okay. This is a job interview. Everyone's watching this match. This is the this is the closest that any team has come to dethroning Bayern, and that includes Dortmund last year. Because I think most of us that were realistic about it didn't believe Dortmund were actually going to be able to capitalize, and they didn't. They choked it away on the final match day, no less. Look, yes, they had the lead on them for a few weeks, but realistically, we, it just wasn't going to happen. Okay, and. That's just the story of BVB, okay? But since Thomas, excuse me, since Jurgen Klopp was at Dortmund, this is the this is the best shot that someone else has had of winning a Bundesliga crown since 2012. It's been 12 years, okay? This is the biggest match in the history of Leverkusen as a club. This weekend, they host Bayern Munich at the Bayer Arena in Leverkusen. 
They are undefeated, Nick. They have they have not lost a match this entire season, 2023-2024, undefeated in Europe, undefeated in the German Cup, undefeated in the Bundesliga. Mm-hmm. This is remarkable. Yeah. If they win this match, they have to be at this at that point the clear-cut favorites to win the Bundesliga, barring a monumental collapse. And I just don't think that Javi Alonso is going to let his men collapse like that. Nick, two questions that I pose to you. Can Leverkusen actually beat Bayern? Can they... Because I, I would, I think a lot of people are probably thinking it's going to be a draw, and we'll still be in the same position that we were this time next week, where it's two points separating them. They each take a point. They already drew at in Munich. So the first question I ask to you is: Can Leverkusen beat Bayern? And if your answer to that is yes, or your answer to that is no, explain why yes and why no. All right. I mean, it, it's it's funny because my my heart says that Leverkusen win. I, I want to say they can pull it out with how bad I've seen Bayern Munich play this season. I'm so used to seeing them beat down teams. I'm so used to seeing the old Bayern Munich, the old you know Robert Lewandowski, the Mueller, Robin. Uh, Ribery, Kimmich, all those guys. I'm so used to that that it makes me weary to pick Leverkusen, but this is a different Bayern Munich side that we've seen in the past. I mean, even last season, there were signs that they're not the old Bayern Munich of, of you know 2018, 2016, all those sides. So... My heart says Leverkusen, but it, it's it's almost it's almost like I'm scared to say that because what if this is the one match where we see the old Bayern Munich and we see the the tap in King get his little tappy tap taps and he gets a little brace or a, or a hat trick. So as of now, Bayern Munich are favorites on the books. I wouldn't say that. I would probably do like straight. Even across the board, draw plus two hundred, but that—that's just me. Uh, so I hope Leverkusen can pull it off. My heart says Leverkusen pull it off. My head is telling me old Bayern Munich might awaken and the beast might come alive. Thomas Tuchel goes back to to being some some genius if he ever you know was one. I don't know. It's kind of hard to say that. But I, I, I'm leaning towards Leverkusen, my friend. I've got to see them pull it out. I've got to see them get this win. Three points puts them in a beautiful spot. And, and I really want to wanna see Leverkusen win this title. If I had to pick it, you know, I'm going to pick Leverkusen win because they've been, been able to pull them out of their behinds this whole season. So why stop now? But it's just it's just hard for me to do with with the history, man. You know, since I've been following, all I've seen is Bayern Munich win. That's all I've seen. You've seen other stuff. You've seen teams like uh, Schalke and and uh, all the other ones win things. I haven't. All I've seen is Bayern Munich. So it's just hard for me to pick them. I, I want to see it's, them do it. It's a different era, though. That's the thing is that this this since this era. 
2012-2013 under your Pinekis and that treble season kicked off, it's been a different Bayern. It's just been a completely, yes, 2007, Stuttgart won the title. 2009, Wolfsburg won the title. 2011, 2012, uh, Dortmund won the title. Yes, Bremen won the title in 2004. Yes, I've seen other things, but that's when that's when Bayern were slightly above punching weight of the other clubs. Now, since in the last quarter century, excuse me, uh, quarter not quarter century, I meant 15 years. Yeah. But the last 15 years, they've been far above everyone else, with yeah. the exception of Klopp's Dortmund for a couple of seasons. And then that awoke the sleeping giant. And they've been on a different they've been on a different solar system ever since then. Yeah. It's not this this is that's how, part of the reason this is so incredible is the fact that Leverkusen are doing this at a massive financial disadvantage to Bayern, which every other club is at as well. And that's why no one else is within sniffing distance. The third place team, VfB Stuttgart, is 10 points behind Bayern. Yeah. Which, if you know, in a normal season, Leverkusen would be down there in second, third, fourth, or fifth. Yeah. And say Stuttgart's having one of these, they're, they're the, the miracle season that, are, that they're having right now. Yeah. So then they would be 10 points off, and that would be your second place team. And Byron would, would have the League One right now. It'd yeah. be over. Absolutely. It's been over in, at, in, in fucking Thanksgiving. Yeah. Absolutely. I've seen it done. It's the boring, the most boring league in the world. Yeah. Bar none. Yep. And Leverkusen has made it, at least for this season in the top two, one of the most exciting leagues. If, if Bayern win, it, it, it will, they will win the league if they win this weekend. And if they win, if they win this weekend, it would be a tragedy. And right now, the win probability is Leverkusen 36%, Bayern 39%, and a draw of 25%. So it's very even. It's very even in yeah. terms of what the outcome is predicted to be. But even that small 3% advantage, they still favor Bayern yeah. on the road. Yeah. Which and, is crazy to me. So Yeah. Well, I mean, look. It, but here's what I would say. In years past, when Bayern played Dortmund, and it's – Dubbed as Der Klassiker or whatever that you know the yeah. German Classico. Look at Dortmund's goals allowed this season: twenty six. Okay, that that is Leverkusen have the best defense in the league. They've allowed about half of that. Dortmund have never had a defense that can match with Bayern since Klopp left. Even the Tuchel defenses they could not match. You had old ass. Uh, Papadopoulos, Socrates, old-ass Mats Hummels, slow-ass Mats Hummels. Yeah. Marcel Schmelzer. They tried Zagadou at center back. They tried uh, Akanji at center back. It never worked out. Not a Dortmund, at least. No. But Leverkusen have Jonathan Ta, and they have a back three that they play under Alonso. And they've conceded the fewest goals in the league, 14. That's five less than Bayern, mind you. Yep. The difference between Leipzig and Dortmund as contenders for Bayern in years past, going from 2016 to present, 
is that Leverkusen has the defense that can match Bayern. Yeah, I agree. That's it. Yeah, I agree, man. They definitely do. And with the home advantage, you you know, it's crazy to 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 think that they would give Bayern Munich that slight advantage with how bad they've been in comparison to the last fifteen years. You know, uh, I I would imagine that it comes down to the fact that when Bayern are in a must-win situation, they typically prevail. Yeah, that's true. Nine times out of ten, they do. Or, hell, 99 times out of 100. Yeah, it, it, sadly, that that's absolutely right. I, I just, you know, and, and my hot take here is something that, that you said. You know, you, you're you well aware of your league, man. This is your league. I, I, I feel when I met you, you, you know, I could tell you things about Indonesia's top tier and, you know, what China's doing, what Brazil's doing, what Italy's doing, what France is doing. You knew a lot about Germany. And, and of course, I could talk to you about the second and third tier, but not the top, not the first. I didn't have a clue because I didn't follow. It was pointless to me because the league was done by the time I was eating turkey dinner, you know, giving thanks. So when I met you, you know, we got blessed with this great season. So I want to say I preface I say that by because I want to say that you are going to say if Bayern Munich win that the title's theirs automatically no matter what it's going to be theirs well I want to say with how bad Bayern Munich have been and with with them slipping up against Werder Bremen it's it there's a tiny little possible chance that someone like Leipzig or Maybe um, someone like, uh, who knows, maybe uh, Heidenheim comes out of the woodwork and, and puts in a, a world-class performance against Bayern Munich and gets a draw or something. I want to say that it. I, I'm not going to give up on Leverkusen yet. They lose this match. I'm going to not give up yet because I'm going to hope that the way that they've Bayern Munich have been playing that they can get a draw and Leverkusen can get a win and then they can catch right back up because they do have that better defense. Maybe the goal differential will go towards Leverkusen. So I'm not going to give up on them completely. If they were to lose, I know how you feel and I completely get it. Believe me, I should probably feel the same way because I know how Bayern Munich is. But I just want to hold on to this little little sliver of hope, man. This small piece of pie that is my hopes and dreams. If they do lose, I want to hold on to it, wrap it up in saran wrap, put it in that fridge, and I'm going to pull it back out when Bayern Munich slip up one more time. Well, I, I would I would give you I would tell you this in terms of having hope is the fact that after the Bayern match, the next five matches for Leverkusen are not that bad. They play at Heidenheim, who are obviously newly promoted. They play at Mainz, who are in 17th place relegation team right now. They play at Cologne, who are in the relegation spot in 16th right now. Yeah. They play at home against Wolfsburg, who we know are good for an ass whooping. Yeah. And then they play away at, at Freiburg. Freiburg's lost 3-1 to one to Bremen two weeks ago and 3-1 to one to Stuttgart last week. Yeah. They also are in the Europa League, and Freiburg are not nearly as deep as Leverkusen. But, yeah. you know, hey – that's that's how it goes sometimes. Then after that, it's Hoffenheim, Union Berlin, Werder, and Dortmund. So yeah. the the schedule is not that bad going through mid March. Yeah, 
But if they were to win this, if they win this, they're five points clear of Bayern. Yeah. And the schedule lightens up. Yeah. Now they have a chance to run away. Now they have a chance to really put some distance between themselves and Bayern. Bayern's next five matches after this. So they have Leverkusen. Then they have to play Lazio in the Champions League. Well, we won't count that, but that's that's still coming yeah. up on Valentine's Day. Okay, Bochum, then Leipzig. That's not an easy one. No. Then they're, then they're away at Freiburg. Then they have the return fixture against Lazio. And then Mainz and then Darmstadt and then Dortmund. Okay. Yes. So the, either one of them, the, the hardest – so in the next five matches, the hardest matchup is, is between the two clubs is Bayern at Leipzig. Leverkusen doesn't have anyone like that on, no, on their schedule. Not at all. But then, of course, then Bayern get Darmstadt and 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 Mainz back yeah, to back. Of course. So it's going to be up to Leipzig to probably take some points from Bayern. If Leverkusen lose, you're going to need Leipzig to do you a favor. Yeah. If Leverkusen win and Leipzig take points, and Leverkusen stay perfect, that's seven points at that point. And then then it's I think it's over at that point. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you but what. I'll tell you. You what. can almost count the fact that they're going to beat Bochum. They're going to beat. Well, at Freiburg is tricky. That's 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 tricky. I just said that was you know it's tr- it's tricky for Liverpool. Yeah, they beat too, him but, in Pokal, Remember, right? Mainz is a win. Darmstadt is a win, and then they have pl- they play Dortmund in Munich. Yeah, and. How many more times does Dortmund have to just get annihilated? I know, man. I, in, I, in Munich, I, I mean, I this would be the one time I would say if they could just do you a favor. Yeah. So, it, it, I mean, this is it. This is honestly, I'm telling you, this is it right here. Like the old, so Leverkusen's already beaten Leipzig in the in the Rückrunde. So it's it's up to they both play Dortmund. Leverkusen's at Dortmund and Dortmund's at at uh is is in Munich. So that's the only really like super hard opponent left that they have that are in co- that's in common. It comes down to Bayern at home against Leipzig. That's that's huge. Okay? Yeah. Bayern still have to play at Stuttgart that with Gerasi in the lineup that could be that that could be something. Because Stuttgart could be playing for a Champions League spot at that point. They're going to be playing for, for something, right? Yeah. And then Wolfsburg, and then to end the season on May 18th, they're, they're, they're at Hoffenheim, which isn't all, obviously also isn't the easiest place. I would say Frankfurt, but Frankfurt beat them 5-1 to one earlier this season. Yeah. And the return fixtures in Munich, and I guarantee you that they're going to look to beat them 10-0. Oh, yeah. They're going to be – They're going to be absolutely – they're going to have Frankfurt yeah. circled – and underlined on their schedule. So I, I think this is it, man. Yeah. This, I, I really do believe this is winner take all right here on Saturday, February 10th. Yeah. 34 games straight without a loss. If you include friendlies, it, it, the last time they lost was a friendly against Real Sociedad. So there's a lot on the line, man. This is it. No, we don't, we don't count friendlies. I'm, this is only – Competitive matches. So, so that means their last loss was to uh, in league was to um, uh, Bokum three nil last match of the season. It didn't matter anyways, and they lost three nil. That was the last time. That is crazy, dude. I'm talking about that. That's just such a long streak. I mean, 
34 in a row, no losses. Yeah, going to be a hard one, man. It's going to be a hard one, but can they do it? We're going to see because we we going to be watching. That's for sure. Okay, so do you have a do we have a prediction for this match? Oh my gosh. Oh man. I mean, this could be 4-4. I mean, this could be crazy. This really could because Leverkusen, of course, they have a good defense, but this is Bayern Munich. Um, I'm going to I'm going to be a a a twat and I'm just going to say 2-2, two to two, draw and then it's going to come down to what both teams do to other teams. 2-2 two to two, a draw. Uh, Bayern Munich go up 2-0 and Leverkusen come back in the second half. Ta's going to score in the 93rd minute and tie it and then games draw. Okay, so so you're you're going with a 2-2 draw. Yep. Okay, well I, I am uh 0-0. Zero, zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not doing nil nil. I'm absolutely not doing nil nil. I, I'm going to go with a two to one victory for Leverkusen. Okay, yeah, I love it. Got I'm it. going with a two to one victory for Leverkusen, and I, what I think is, I think it's going to be, I think Florian Wirtz scores, and I think Frimpong scores, and I think. For Bayern, we're going to see Musiala score, and that's going to be they will. Leverkusen will go up one nil. Bayern will equalize, and then Leverkusen will get a goal in the final ten minutes of the match to put it away, and they'll win two to one. They will then go fifty five to fifty five points clear of Bayern, and it's their Bundesliga to to lose at that point. God, I would love it. Watch Kane cry. Kane leaves best league in the world to go win trophies, and he's about to get a big goose egg. How hilarious is that? Well, he'll get he'll get one next year. I mean, yeah. there, there, there's no doubt that Bayern are going <laughs> to win the Bundesliga next season. So it, it, it's yeah, he just has to, he'll have to wait. But it is it is very funny this season. I will say it is. Yeah. that's 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 really funny. Yeah. Um, just looking at the other matches in the Bundesliga. Who else do we have? See, Dortmund and Freiburg. See, that's an interesting one to me because Freiburg, they usually give Dortmund a lot of hell. So I've got to look at that one with an interest. And also Werder Bremen, who've won three on the bounce. They've taken nine points from their last nine. They've moved up from basically the relegation zone to the top half of the table. They're in ninth place now. Yeah, they're at home against Heidenheim. That's another winnable match. If they win that, that's twelve out of twelve. That's four yeah. straight. I mean, yeah, they've been. Doing- are, are they making a charge for Europe? They're trying. I mean, it, they could do it. You need somebody else to start losing up there, which which could happen. Um, yeah, I, you know, it's sad because we got to be punished, and we have Dortmund versus Freiburg on a Friday. Why does the Bundesliga do this to me or us? Last time we got we had to watch the, this crap. It was zero zero, and and now we got Dortmund again on a freaking Friday. Why is Borussia Dortmund getting all the freaking Friday fixtures? They always do, man. I mean, uh, come I'm, on, dude. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, we have another big elephant in the room to talk about, and this is a match that I I watched it. I think you listened to it on the radio, but it was the. 
match of the weekend in the Premier League, a weekend which saw us tie for the most goals in the history of a single match day in English history. The record was 44, and we tied that with 44 this weekend. So lots of goals scored this weekend. Very historic. Oh, wow. It was Arsenal at the Emirates hosting Liverpool, and they win it 3-1 to in really, really weird fashion. I mean, just very funky. Yeah. Panate is a defensive, complete buffoon on defense. He doesn't understand assignments. He ball watches. He gets called out of position. He doesn't understand the other person's speed as it is relative to his. And I think he's a complete and utter defensive liability. First real attack where they could Arsenal could have scored. They didn't, but he got caught. Then he got caught again. And then the third time he got caught, they end up scoring. Saka is pivotal. Scores the goal. Arsenal goes up 1-0. Liverpool equalized by basically just a complete fluke of a goal right before the half. We think that Arsenal's deflated. They go down with their heads, heads, heads down into the into the dressing room. It's it's Liverpool's match now. They've turned they flipped the momentum through no through no nothing of their own that they really did. Luis yeah. Diaz tried to force it in. It kind of goes off homeboy's thigh and butt cheek, ass, whatever, and ricochets into the goal. There's nothing that there's nothing that 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 they can do about it. I mean, it just nope. kind of rolls in. Yeah. And it's a deflating goal. And I thought, well, that's just the kind of thing that would happen to Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> that would turn the match around. And then we see what is quite possibly the blooper of the entire season so far, and maybe the blooper of the season period. A simple ball that is outside the box or around the outs around the 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 16, Allison's going for it. VVD's going for it. When you're playing football, when you're playing basketball, you go for a rebound, you go for a ball in football, you say same team, same team. There's some kind of communication because you know one person is going to go for it and the other person's going to let that let that teammate have it. They both end up whiffing it because Allison thinks is going to go for it. VVD thinks that Allison's going to go for it. Neither one of them ends up touching the ball, and Martinelli scores into an open net. So the Liverpool mistake is 1-0 in the first half. Arsenal equalizes that with a mistake of their own, and then Liverpool makes the mistake of all mistakes. So the first three goals are all just blunders by the opposing team. Yeah. Yeah, that... uh... It was a weird match. It was a frustrating match. Liverpool... Could not get any momentum. There was no fluidity in their attack. In the first half, they got completely outclassed. Arsenal were by far way the way better team. So Liverpool did not have any space to maneuver because of the way that Klopp set up with the front three. When the idea is you bring in Nunez because he's faster than Gakpo, his pace would move Arsenal five to ten meters back, giving because they have to respect his speed. Yeah. Nunez is deadly on the counter. And that gives Liverpool as a whole 
more space and time to create chances when they're going forward. Yeah. So I was surprised that Nunez didn't start. He was a little banged up, but you know, you have to put, these are the matches that win you or lose you titles, right? Yeah. So if you can walk and you can talk, yeah, then you have to play this match. He played, but he didn't come in until late. Yeah. And I thought that was a mistake that that, you know, that was a liability because Arsenal were the aggressors and they played, they pressed Liverpool and Liverpool made a lot of mistakes in the first half. They couldn't get their feet underneath them. No fluidity in the buildup and they paid for it. Second half, a lot better in the second half. Liverpool looked, looked the better side until that completely idiotic mistake and we talked about this, Nick. When Allison fucks up, he does it royally. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not a small blunder. When he no. he's he costs you goals. He yeah. costs you matches. He could be ninety nine percent of the time the perfect keeper. But when he messes up, man, yeah, he he costs you points. Yeah, it's tragic. And he did it right here yet again. And I've said this more than one time. That Allison and now Virgil Van Dyke is on the receiving end of it, but I, I don't fully blame him because it was two people in this case. Yeah, but just a complete, just uh, how do you say this? Just a complete. It was like lapse it, of concentration yeah, or miscommunication too. It's I mean, something because even in baseball, when you're catching a pop fly, you yell and people back off. Because right. you, you say, got it, got it, got it. So Allison could have easily been screaming. Virgil could have been pushing, holding his hand up, like re-watching that again and again. There there could have been some more communication there because it's like Allison just comes out like a Ray Lewis and, and he can't touch the ball where the ball's going. So he has to only head it or do whatever he was doing. And it was just a total blunder, man. I mean, seeing that, I was like, what in the world? I was listening to it. And the, even the announcers were like, what in the heck is this guy doing? Come I would have rather been listening to it. I was watching it. It, it, it yeah. pissed me off. I told you I was going to go outside and rake leaves. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely did. and, and you. I, I didn't, but I should have. Yeah, you definitely should have. Yeah, because yeah, then it, at that point, Liverpool has to get desperate because they're trying to get the equalizer to save the point because they know yeah. City's nipping on their heels. Yeah. And they end up conceding a third. Yeah. So Arsenal, credit where credit's due, Arteta, they've Arsenal in the last twenty four matchups between Liverpool and Arsenal have only won three times. Yeah. Liverpool have dominated this series, especially since Klopp has gotten there. He's beaten Banger, he's beaten Arteta, he's beaten Dracula. Yeah. Has have they had someone else in that time? Uh, that's it, right? No, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, he's beaten them all. Yeah. Klopp, is, Klopp is, has, has wiped his feet on all of their faces. Yeah. But not this time. No. Nope. Not this time at the Emirates. Now, Liverpool did beat them just a few weeks ago in the FA Cup. Yeah. They, yeah. Easily. But, right. Easily. Yeah. But not, not this time. And the let's let's tell let's talk about what you heard, Nick, about, oh, if Salah had been there, it would have been different. No, it wouldn't have. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. have. Salah would not have made a difference in this match. Yeah, that was the big, big talking point. One of the 
one of the guys, you know, I, I keep my ear to the streets, man. I like listening to each fan base and what they think and what they say. And it, it, there's, there's one side of stuff. And then there's the other side And one side is, yeah, if Salah was there, I told you guys that he's a big part of this and, and oh my God, we lost because he wasn't here. You, you idiot fans who want him gone. This is what's going to happen. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this guy's crazy. I mean, you, you take Gakpo out and put Salah in. I feel like it's not going to really change too much. I mean, it, it, it just blew my mind that he was saying this and, and the guy has a hundred thousand subscribers. So, you know, you have your side of people who say to get rid of them and keep them and then, or, or get rid of them. And then you have your side to say they keep them. And I agree with you, man. I don't think Mohammed Salah would have changed much in this match uh, at all. Well, the thing about it is, like I said, we talked about this earlier today. Sadio Mane used to get very pissed at him because he would either not make the pass when he should make it when when Mane was wide open or he would make the pass but it'd be too late and then it would go into traffic or get intercepted or the keeper would get it with his hands, pick it up and then kick it back out to the opposing side to his to his teammates. It was one of those it's one of those things where Salah's decision making in attack has been suspect his entire Liverpool career. Sometimes he makes the incredible shot and you say, okay, you know, that's that's well played. He did a fantastic job. He curls it in and yeah, it's a masterclass. Other times he's too selfish. He dribbles into double teams. He gets dispossessed. He gets frustrated. He gets stuck in the corner. He has to basically hope that he get, can ricochet off of, of an opposing player's shin to get a corner or to get a throw in. Doesn't always happen that way. Yep. He gets bogged down and he misses his open teammates. And especially I've seen a couple of times this season, and it goes back to Sadio Mane, two on ones or three on ones or three on twos where you can make the pass to the teammate and you could score an easy goal, much like Martinelli did in front of an open net. Sadio Mane open, begging for the ball. Alvin Nunez open, begging for the ball. Salah keeps it, shoots it. Either goes right to the keeper or he shoots it wide left or right. All over the goal. Yeah. And I would say exhibit A, in the two games where he was absent before Arsenal, they scored nine goals. Okay? Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm not quite sure. They scored five against Norwich and they scored four against uh, – who was that? Uh, they scored four against Norwich, wasn't it? Newcastle? No, 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 no. They scored. I'm, I'm, I don't have the the fixtures in front of me, but no, and they scored five against Norwich. Oh, Newcastle, they did have Salah. I'm sorry. Um, God, who was it? They just played them right before, right before they played Arsenal. Yeah, I'm who was that? It, it was uh, let's see, four. Oh, Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Jesus, Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. They scored. They, they beat Chelsea four to one at the yep. bridge. Yeah, at the bridge they scored. Oh, so don't sit no here and tell me that Salah. You know, Chelsea's defense is not some ragtag group that they're not bleeding goals. No. I mean, yeah, this isn't held, the same. Yeah, they held Aston Villa today to one. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, the, the, this isn't Chelsea's mid table, but they're not garbage. Okay, yeah. the fact Liverpool didn't win that two to one or. Three to two, they won it four to one. It was convincing. They were up three nil before Chelsea even scored one. 
Yeah. So that's right. Salah, not the way Arsenal played this past weekend and the way Liverpool played wouldn't have made a big difference. I don't think that this was Liverpool's day, but I, I'm going to defer to you. I'm going to get your comments on what you think about this match. I mean, to me, it was just Arteta. His tactics were absolutely on point, and you have to give the man credit, okay? Like, you can't sit here and 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 be an Arsenal denier when they set up correctly. They played a near-perfect match with the, with the exception of that goal right before halftime. They frustrated Liverpool. They played to their strengths. They were the aggressors. And they took the match to Liverpool and they punched him in the face. And every single counterpunch that Liverpool came back with in the second half, Arsenal were able to take it. And they were able to come back with another punch of their own. I thought they played a great match. Yeah, no, they did, man. I mean, give them credit where credit's due. Liverpool just were making too many mistakes. I don't know what I don't know what was going on. I don't know why they they were it was like they were just off, man. I mean, from the beginning, I think immediately you were texting me and you were like, dude, this is already we we look like crap. Like it should I think we were both saying it should be two or three nil. After it was in the first 15 minutes. Yeah, Arsenal had – before they scored the goal, I told you. That's what I said. Yeah. Renate got caught with his damn pants down taking yep. a shit yep. twice. And and it's like, okay, wake up. Yeah. Wake up. Yeah. And you got saved. You got bailed out by luck twice, okay? Yep. It's nil-nil. Yeah. Yeah. And no, sure enough, Konate that, – that son of a bitch is a complete defensive liability. Yeah. Put, put Kwanzaa in there. Yeah. Yeah, the, you, once you sell Salah in the summer, you find a, a good solid back, you know, 50, 60 mil, and, and you find a solid guy, and you, you cover him up. You get him out of there. I agree with you. That was uh, – it was just bad. I mean, I, I think I was telling you it should be 2, 3, nil, and you were like, dude, this is insane. It's already over. And uh, you were absolutely right. When they got that goal to tie it right before the half, I was absolutely shocked. Uh, it just sound it, it, from what I was listening to, it just was it was all Arsenal, and and it was just one of those those matches where they were just off, dude. Uh, the mistakes were all there. Gakpo looked bad; he was missing passes and and losing the ball that normally he wouldn't. I think uh, we even talked about that, right? Where, didn't we make that comment? Yeah, yeah. yeah Gakpo was off. Uh, I felt like he should have been taken off immediately. I, I just I don't know, man. I I feel like Klopp could have made some earlier changes and could have changed some things up and could have gotten that game back in order because Arsenal aren't the best side. But that didn't happen, and those mistakes came through, and the game was just over with, dude. It was after the after the collision, like they were catching a ball in right field in Wrigley Park. I, I feel that it was over with. I, I think I might have. Well, let's not talk about the fact that in the end, the idiot – who will be uh, named doubly named uh, uh, Ibrahima Konate ends up getting a red card. Yeah, because he's on a yellow, and he's his stupid ass decides to be. When you're on a yellow, you have to be careful. Caution. Yeah, especially when you're Liverpool, because you know that the uh, Premier League refs are looking to give you the business. Oh yeah, and he 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 questioned. 
the call, but it to me it was a no brainer. It was the second yellow. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he gets a red, and that, and then after that, Liverpool concedes the third because at that point now you're down a center back, and yeah. I, so VVD's covering the. You know, it, it it just yeah, it was just it was, a, a shitty bad day at the at, at the office. But yeah. Konate, I've said it for at least two seasons now. You know, I gave him a chance, but it's 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 the whole like Nabi Keita thing, and you know, at this point, like Tiago, like how much, how much, how much time do you give someone? How much leeway do you give yeah. them? I mean, he to me, he's a he's he's an average. I mean, he could start for Brentford, yeah, oh, but of he's not Liverpool quality. He's not Chelsea quality. He's not Man City quality. He's he might maybe maybe he's Manchester United quality. But yeah, no, for sure, he's, he's not even Arsenal quality and. I see him as a liability. He makes he makes bad decisions. He gets caught out of position, and they exploited that. Yeah, Arsenal were eating him and Trent alive. Martinelli was carving them up like a Christmas turkey. Oh yeah, Trent too. Yeah, you're and right. Trent. Yeah, they were talking about him on Peacock during the during, they're like you know he's a brilliant passer. Has excellent vision. No one can make the crosses that he can make. He has a knack for creating chances that very few players have. But he can't get into the England squad because he's a fullback. But as a fullback, he is a defensive liability because he cannot defend. He is piss poor defending, but he plays in a defensive position. But he's an overlapping fullback. So when he overlaps, he's able to get the crosses in. He's able to find open teammates. And he has a foot that was touched by God when he does free kicks. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. But that says to me, the next manager, Javi Alonso, Move this man to midfield. Yeah. So he cannot hurt you defensively anymore. Yeah. I agree. Put him in a stones position or uh, something like that, man. Somewhere where he can pull up Cancelo or or just just put get him up that field a little bit, and and you put him in a position to succeed as opposed to a position to fail because. Surely he was caught with his pants down. Also, Martinelli was was turning him around like like you wouldn't believe, and and I feel that Klopp knows that and should do something to pull him up that field and get something someone else back there to defend because the whole world knows he's not the best defender. I mean, we can we can't. There's no one who's going to argue that. Well, Carlo Ancelotti certainly knows it because that's that was the assignment was Vinicius. And that that was absolutely that was oh my god suicide. a disaster yeah I mean but listen so you have half the so the half so Klopp setup right let's talk about this for a second the what was it the the right side between BBD and Gomez which then later would be Robinson Robertson was fine but the left side which is Trent and Konate were getting exposed. Like crazy. Yeah. So you're you're Martinelli and and the, the the those you know Declan Rice is getting in there. It's it's just it's just bad. Yeah. 
And it happened time and time again. You have to be nervous about this. You can't play a high line with Trent and Konate. You just can't. Klopp's going to do it. He's going to play that high line no matter what. But when you have speed on the wings, like Arsenal does, this is, you're not playing Bournemouth. Yeah. You're going to get caught at least one. They got caught time and time again. It could have been oh, yeah. much worse than it was. I'm Big telling time. you. No, I agree. Yeah. And, and and you would think when you face teams who have those quick wingers with all that pace, something something would change. But we didn't see that against Arsenal. I mean, Martinelli and soccer are fast, man. They, they got pace. That's for sure. They'll get up and down the pitch. And when you – have your guys who can't defend way up. It's hard for them to get back. And, and we know we saw that. So I, I just, I'm telling you, man, new manager, you're going to sell Salah and you need to get a, a center back and, and maybe another um, uh, right back or, and, and pull Trent up, man, get him up and put him in a place where he can succeed and get him 15, 20 assists a season. I mean, cause he can do it. Well, my other thing is when if if I'm sitting here on the couch watching this, as millions others are others of other supporters are and fans are neutrals around the world, uh, my question would be why, if Klopp is seeing that Kanati's been exposed, you get lucky the first couple of times. It's nil nil, okay. It, this is it not time at that point to make an adjustment and yeah. say, look, Ibrahim, like you need to stay your ass back. Yeah. You, you don't have a choice. You're gonna you're gonna concede a goal because you're getting beat outside every single time. And if you remember that goal where they scored, where where Saka scored, the and, and Martinelli was cutting through, I mean, that was just Martinelli just timed it right, and he just he just they just he a couple of times just blew past yeah Konate like like he wasn't even there yeah easily like he was a was a ghost or a shadow that puts more pressure then on Virgil yeah and Joe Gomez because now they have to overcompensate yeah for their to, shitty teammates yeah they have to focus on what he's doing and and if he needs help or not I agree and those guys are getting old you know they're not this isn't. 2019 so I, I think you know not saying Virgil's crap but he needs to focus on his assignment not not freaking worrying about Keontae uh tripping over his own feet you know right so that's where we are with that match I mean I, I don't have much no don't yeah. have much more to say about it but yeah that, that was um cool. real quick uh so City beat Brentford three to one. There was a little bit of hope for a minute because because Brentford went up three to one, uh, one nil. And Stephen texted me and said, "I hope that Brentford can hold this." And in my typical fashion, like people think this is the thing. I think that you guys think I'm being negative, but I'm I'm being realistic. No, yeah. Because I told him, I said they won't. Yeah, and he's just like, "Come on, mate! Like, have some faith." And I'm like, "Okay, this is like the equivalent of." An NBA team playing a high school team, okay? Yeah. The high school team may score the opening three-pointer because they just got lucky. Yeah. But then the the NBA team is going to go down and score the next 27 points, all right? 
my point in that is, yes, Brentford went up 1-0, but they're not playing Sheffield. They're playing Manchester City. Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. it was it wasn't a matter of if it was a matter of when they got their goals. Yeah. So when I say to you when I say to you City's going to win 3 to 1 or 4 to 1, I'm not saying it to be I'm saying it be, as an intelligent person. Yeah. I'm saying it because I I I like to think that I know a little bit about football and I'm 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 it's not like oh, you know, you're you have no hope. Oh, you have little faith. It's not that at all. It's yeah. I I've seen I have seen how this game show ends many, many, many times. Yeah. No, I didn't think. And Manchester City always wins the family feud. Okay. Always. I mean, it was Phil Foden masterclass. Right. So, yeah. So, so stop me when I'm telling lies. What what was I wrong about my prediction? No, not at all. No, I, I I didn't think for a second Brentford were going to hold that. Um, that's I, not me being pessimistic. That's uh, me being realistic. Yeah, realistic. No, of course. I mean, even even City fans, and I was listening to a watch-along, and they were even like, I mean, this ain't going to hold. I mean, sure, we, we let in a goal or two every now and then or every match, but they're going to answer, and sure enough, adjustments were made. And, I mean, you should see the halftime stats. I think Man City had like 13 attempts, shots on goal or attempts on goal, Five were on target. I mean, six blocks. It was just a matter of time. And, and yeah, uh, Phil broke through, and, and that was it. Game, set, match, 3-1 final. We move on. I mean, Brentford had a couple more chances, but they, they couldn't finish. I mean, this is Brentford we're talking about. Okay, so moving on. West Ham and Manchester United. A little bit of a surprise scoreline there. Gosh, I don't even. What did it end? I quit three nil. Yeah, I quit paying attention. I was so United actually. Well, not West Ham United. Manchester United actually won one three nil. And then I saw, I saw our boy Goldbrick. He said that we're building something special here. Oh yeah, I did with the th- picture of the three kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw that. Yeah, something real special. I, I mean, sitting. Yeah, six pl- six place. Yeah, there yes. and, and yeah. six place and miles behind Spurs for fifth. Yeah, yeah, I, I laughed at that. I actually, I do. I remember that now because they're all holding, like hugging each other, uh, sitting on a bench, and it's like, dude, if that's who you're relying on to get you in the top or win a title, you're gonna crash and burn because there's absolutely no chance those inexperienced players can do anything on a consistent basis. I mean, we know what they do. They'll win four nil or win three nil. And then what do they do the next match? They'll crash and burn. And then the the house is on fire again. I mean, I don't even know who they play next. I think they got city coming up in a few weeks. So that'll be, that'll be hilarious. They play to answer your question on Sunday. They play Aston Villa at Villa park. Yeah. So, and Villa's pissed. They just got destroyed by Chelsea who are an abomination and a joke this season. So, yeah, well, welcome back to reality, Manchester United. If they win that match against Villa, I'll give them some credit, but it's it's not going to happen. Dracula. Well, that was the FA Cup replay yeah. we should mention. In the league, Aston Villa just beat Sheffield 5-0 on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. I, I just, 
having that taste of a loss, Aston Villa is not going to want to taste that again. Villa, Villa should win, should beat United without question. Yeah, 100%, easily. No question. So United are right now not in a European spot. They're in sixth place. I get, I, well, so this only goes, this, t- this shows the four Champions League spots and the Europa League spots. So I guess United would be in the Conference League. Yeah, it's Conference. The sixth place is Conference League. Okay, so that's 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 something to be proud of, right? Oh my God, how funny would that be? Hey, I guess they'd be in Europe, right? Dude, I would I would love. I There's would love six it. points behind Spurs for the Europa League spot. They're eight points behind Villa for the last Champions League spot. Yeah, not happening, dude. We already saw what happens. And if Villa beats them this week, that's eleven points. Yeah. Then that's it. That's it. That's game set match for United as far as finishing in the top four. Yeah, no football fan wants to see them in Champions League again. Fourth place out the group in a group with Copenhagen, Galatasaray, and Bayern Munich. So you have a smokeless tobacco company, Bayern Munich, and then you have Galatasaray. Yeah. And this and the Copenhagen dip company they make it to the knockout stage over and i mean it, it united should be ashamed of themselves big time you can't make this up have a easy but big win for them against west ham because that was six versus seven they jumped west ham as a result of that to move into six but listen man newcastle they're still in the mix Brighton still in the mix, 35 points, and even Wolves at 32. So it's tight down there. But if Villa beat United this weekend, that's pretty much game, set, match for United in terms of finishing in the top four. Oh, easily. I agree, man. I mean, I don't think they'll pass Spurs either. Yeah. I I mean, as a, you just, you don't want to see them make top four because you don't want to watch them in Champions League. I mean, this, it was terrible. I mean, I, I, I just – I hope they don't make it just for the sake of, of us football fans because no one wants to lay eyes on that. Just just atrocious football. That's that's the match of the week, honestly, Nick, in the Prem because you have yeah. Spurs are hosting Brighton. Liverpool have got Burnley at Anfield. Luton and Sheffield, that's two mules fighting over a turnip. Man City <laughs> kicking us off on Saturday morning against Everton. That's – you know, Everton – Really need to start thinking about winning some matches here. Yeah, because they are looking for trouble. Yeah. Nottingham Forest hosting Newcastle. Crystal Palace hosting Chelsea, a London derby that really shouldn't be. I mean, Chelsea should win that. Yeah. Sorry for you, Jennifer. Um, yeah. Anyways, more more sorrow there. And then Wolves-Brentford. So it's Aston Villa and Man United, man. That's that's the match of the week. That's it right there. It's Sunday at 1130. Yeah. Quiet. That's gonna be that's gonna be the end of the weekend match. Yeah, quiet in England. In England, it's all about Germany. Well, I think we got a good one in Spain too. Well, we had a big we so we had some some big results in Spain this last weekend that we'll touch on real quick here before we get to the international stuff. And uh, I mean, Real Madrid. Could have put some distance between themselves and Girona because Girona scored a nil-nil draw with Real Sociedad. Real Madrid go up 1-0 behind the Diaz goal in the 20th minute, but Marcos Llorente 
90th plus three equalizes, saving the point for Atletico. And at the same time, taking two points off of Real Madrid. So as it stands right now, both of them have played 23 matches. Real Madrid have 58 points. Kirona has 56 points. And wouldn't you know that much like we just saw with Leverkusen and Bayern this weekend and Juve and Inter last weekend, one versus two and one versus two, this weekend in Spain we get one versus two as Real Madrid hosts Kirona in what could be the deciding fixture in La Liga. Yeah. This is going to be this is going to take an act of God for Girona to win this match, Nick. What do you I mean, Saturday 12:30, it's the it's the uh the second to last match that day in in Spain. Real Madrid 67% to win, Girona 15% to win. Yeah. But this is it. If Girona cannot win this match, that puts Real Madrid five points clear, and this thing this thing is done. Yeah, I agree with you, man. This is this is where you show us what you got. Uh, they, God, that match against Real Sociedad, it it, it was they had they scored a goal, and I, I couldn't find out why they called it back. I mean, I challenge any listener to look up the Girona goal scored against Real Sociedad this weekend, and. Apparently it was offside, but I couldn't find where in the world the offside was. So if anyone wants to tweet me or tweet us, anyone at freaking Beckham's basement to tell me where that offside was, please do. I would appreciate it. But if they had scored that goal and won, they they would be even right now with Real Madrid. Yeah, both exactly. And I'm telling you, I want I, you even when we're done. I want you to look it up, man. It, it, I couldn't find the offside, so uh, that was a disappointing result. And I feel that this is a match where you just got to show us what you got. City fans are already celebrating your players coming over to their side. This is your only chance. This is it. I saw a city guy post something on YouTube of showing highlights for Salvia or whatever his name is one of their wingers, all his goals and highlights because he's the next big city player. And I'm thinking to myself, you uh, he's not even your player yet, but in their minds, it's their feeder club. They're getting all these guys. So, Yorona, this is it. This is your shot. You win this match. You got a chance. You lose it, which chances are highly th- that's the way it's going to go. Uh, then it's over with, like you said, man. So I'm looking for a good one. I, I would, I'm gonna have my eyes on it for sure. I well, would to see it when Hirona hosted them, they got destroyed three nil yeah, back in three, September. Yeah, it was bad, but we're a little deeper in the season, so I'm hoping to see a better performance here. Um, it is Real Madrid though, so I'm just having having my hope hopes high, just like with Leverkusen. Well. They're gonna have to go to the Bernabeu and win. That's that's without question. I mean, that's yeah. Well, you got the rest the, against it, you, the fans. Yeah, and, you know the 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 cartel gods paying the refs. Everybody's against you. So, yeah, it'll be a, anything short of a miracle. So, Sevilla against Atletico Madrid on a normal season would be a big matchup by by name. Those are two of the top four. Those I would say two of the top four to five clubs in Spanish history. Sevilla, though, 
probably going to lose that one to Atletico. They're, I mean, hey, it's getting deep in the season, Nick, and they're only three points clear of the drop zone. Yeah. They got four wins. Sevilla has four wins in 23 matches. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I, it's just something I won't understand. I, I mean, they did just sneak a good win, two to one, that no one thought they would pull off. But, yeah, I mean, just such a good historic club and, and just in trouble. I mean, where have we seen this before, you know? Well, we're talking about it with Leon right now, too. Yeah, Schalke, too. I mean, even well, though Schalke's was Schalke is already Schalke is already in the shit. They 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 they're 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 just falling deeper in. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> although we will say they did win last weekend. Yes, they they need they won when they needed to. So, yeah. but yeah, man, I don't know what in the world's happened with Sevilla. Sergio Ramos went there just to get his behind his ass whooped because that's all that's been happening. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, Schalke. Oh, Hamburg's in second place. Look at that. Yeah. Yep. Surprise, surprise. It's telling you they are they're in a direct qualify they're in a direct promotion spot. Yeah, the only way they make it. Because third place they're not doing it. No one is. I'm done. No one is to be fair. Yeah. Teal's not gonna do it either. No. So (laughs) So Schalke right now, three points clear of the drop. They're three points clear of the relegation spot. They snapped a, a three-game winless streak against a team, mind you, that had won four consecutive matches. Only Osnabrück is definitely going down, the yeah. your boys. Yeah. But mm. it's tight, man. Braunschweig, Hansa Rostock, Kaiserslautern, Schalke, and Magdeburg are all separated from 13 to 17 by four measly points. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. You're talking about two losses in a row, and you could be in relegation. And guys, the reason we're bringing up Schalke again is because I mean, these are it's literally the second biggest club in Germany. They have a massive following, beautiful stadium, sixty thousand strong, packed in there every single weekend. Yeah, historically, it's crazy. second most titles in German history, and they're facing the possibility of extinction if they if they drop. And the next couple of matches, man, it doesn't get really any easier they got heel who's in third place yeah. this weekend oh wow then they got Wiesbaden, magdeburg then saint Pauli, who's in first yep potterborn and then Hertha berlin yeah so they got a hard yeah this is a bit yeah that's that's gonna be a hard run right there i i even i know that saint Pauli's playing really well holy cow yeah good luck I mean, St. Paul is undefeated in the second Bundesliga this season. Yeah, they haven't lost a single match. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, they, they want to come up. They want to taste the the top Something tier. Something if St. Pauli if St. Pauli and Hamburg went up together and they're arch they're they're crosstown rivals. Oh wow. Yeah. That would be that would be very interesting to see the two of them go up. That's like that's like Clemson and Carolina being promoted together. Oh yeah, City United going down and getting relegated, and then going yeah. up together. They, these guys are these guys are. I mean, St. Pauli and Hamburg hate each other. See, I didn't know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. rivals. Hamburg Hamburg's other big rival is Bremen, but Bremen obviously already up. But yeah, St. Pauli. I St. Pauli hates Hamburg. I mean, it's just it, it's 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 a blood rivalry. God, you're right. They have not lost a single 
second tier match. Holy cow. Now, undefeated. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so so La Liga, I you know, this is this to me, La Liga and the Bundesliga, those are the matches, those are the leagues to watch this weekend. Yeah, that's what we got. That there's gonna be a lot decided. Everything can be decided. If you don't want to win, that's great. That league is not over yet by a stretch, but it does give them a little bit of a nice bump and in, in, in confidence, and they go up one point clear of Real Madrid. If Leverkusen beat Bayern, they're five points clear, and the schedule opens up a little bit here in the next five weeks. They're able to put some distance between themselves maybe, especially if Leipzig can take two points off of Bayern in just a few weeks. But should Girona and Leverkusen lose, Leverkusen still has a small chance to do something, but Girona would almost certainly be done, much like Juventus. Yeah, no, I agree. They uh, they lose here. Yeah, it's it's going to be grim and hard. I mean, sure, we'll see them in Champions League, but title title shots are done, and and our title shot is over with. And you know, not not that anyone really thought they were going to win it, but to see them do it would have been freaking wonderful. I mean, what a what a feat! So it is kind of sad seeing that kind of crumble, but seeing them in Champions League would be heck. That's that's awesome too. Well, Nick, let's look at the uh, international stuff real quick. So, what do we got going on in Afcon? We're we're, we're nearing towards the end. Here. Yeah. Yeah, we, everything Afcon and uh, the uh, Cup of Nations all are coming to a head here. The Asian Cup today saw Qatar uh, end up beating Iran, and Iran was the clear favorite. Uh, so they are now advancing to play Jordan in the final. Now, whoever predicted Jordan and Qatar in the final, congratulations, because you're probably the only person on earth. Uh, that was not predicted whatsoever. Uh, Jordan shouldn't have beat South Korea. Klinsman's gone. He should be fired. And Iran law, uh, ended up having a terrible defense and let in three. And they lost. So we got a Jordan Qatar final in Asia. Ja- Korea and Japan both crashed out, Iran included. And then in um, Africa, today we saw Ivory Coast win. Sebastian Haller, the BVB great, the guy who missed the penalty and blew the chances for their title last season, uh, he scored a goal. Uh, to put Ivory Coast up, and then Nigeria won in penalties. So we are going to see a Nigeria and Ivory Coast final in AFCON. So two big finals set up. I think we see them on Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know why they would play them both on the same day, but I think that is the case. Yeah, they play on the same day. 10 o'clock is the Asian, and 3 p.m. is the uh, no, they don't play the same day. Sunday is the final for Africa. Saturday is the final for Asia. So, big finals coming up. Let's talk about this, right? Nigeria, they won on penalties against South Africa. Yeah. They obviously have the Eagles, uh, an attack. I mean, they have Alex Iwobi. They have Oshiman. They have Ademola Lukman. 
And then you have Ivory Coast who sacked their manager, right? Yep. And they they got this they got the ever living crap kicked out of them in the final match of the group stage, wasn't it four nil? Yep, four nil. Fire. And somehow Yep. Yeah, they lost four nil. Let's see, Ivory Coast. They lost one nil to Nigeria and then they just beat Guinea Busau two nil to advance. I mean the only reason I'm pretty sure they advanced yeah, was Memorial Guinea beat them four nil. Yeah, so it's the only reason they advanced is because Ghana blew it uh, that on their final match day. And now look, the last place, third place team is going to the final. I mean, it's in their backyard. I get home field, all that nonsense, blah, blah, blah. But they just were such a discombobulated team through group stage. To see them in the final is mind-blowing. I mean, I I thought Senegal would beat them and kick them out. That wasn't the case. They scored a goal at the end, and Senegal lost some penalties. And then Mali, my other, my next big favorite, who were really good, just as good, a little bit not as good as Senegal, but up there. Then they lose to, to Ivory Coast also. So it's just, it's got to be Ivory Coast, man. I mean, I, I think Nigeria do win, but... I mean, goodness gracious! This run Ivy, Ivory Coast is on. You gotta, you gotta kind of think they might just finish ever finish it off, man. I, yeah, but I mean, they beat Senegal, who were clear favorites. Yeah. In the round of sixteen, then they beat Mali. Yeah. And then they beat Congo. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's been quite the miracle run for them. Absolutely, I agree. Who the hell fires their manager and then you go on a run like this? I mean, it's unheard of. The guy flew on a plane, said, hey, team, let, we're going on pitch tomorrow. And then they played a match against Senegal, of all people, and advanced. I mean, no one that's, – that's insane to me. Senegal's not the easiest side to beat. Everyone knows that. I mean, they made the World Cup, you know, playoff. And then you have the how, – how does Jordan beat South Korea and shut them out? I'll, I'll tell you. You want me to tell you how? I'm going to say one word. South Korea had 70% possession and had in that 70% possession zero shots on target. One word. Do you want to guess what that word is? No, go ahead. Klinsman. Okay. He's just – He's he 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 played the wrong guys. I feel. I mean, he Chan didn't start. Your best striker, Son didn't have the support. Uh, the tactics were all wrong. I mean, dude, if he's not fired by now, I would be shocked. I mean, this South Korean side should have you you picked them to win it, and I I did. I picked them to win. Yeah. How do you not beat Jordan? I mean, come on, dude. The guy should be on on a park bench somewhere holding up a sign looking for a job. It, it's just mind blowing to me. I mean, how Jordan pulled this off with guys who are, who are, I mean, there's a couple of guys, one guy plays for Montepla and, and another Al Halil and Qatar. Like these guys aren't your, your top tier players, but Klinsman's tactics were just garbage and they couldn't, they couldn't score. It it was ridiculous. I mean, it it was just bad. Watching it, I almost felt like Korea didn't even want to play for the guy. 
it, it, it was almost that bad. It, it, it just was was terrible. I mean, he's I'm pretty sure he's got to be fired. Um, well, he said he's not going to resign. Well, he needs to be fired then. Um, angry Klinsman vows not to quit after South Korea's Asian Cup exit. Oh, wow. Klinsman takes blame. Klinsman takes blame, but will not resign after South Korea exit. Humiliation for South Korea. I, that's why, I mean, th- th- this to me was their tournament to lose because you have it set up to where you're playing Jordan and Cutter in the final. I, I, Iran was, to me, the bigger threat. Yeah. Out of all of them, they lose to Qatar. That's an upset. Yeah. And then Qatar versus South Korea goes to South Korea. Yeah, 100%. Instead, you have the two, to me, underdogs. Yeah. I mean, I'd say they're massive underdogs. I didn't think Qatar was going to beat Iran. I damn sure didn't think Jordan, maybe Michael Jordan, but not the country Jordan, was going to beat South Korea. Yeah, Michael Jordan, definitely. A team of Jordans would have destroyed Korea, but not. (laughs) Right, right. Not, not this Jordan. So um, we have a shot. Like Nigeria is not as shocking, but Ivory Coast, even though they're the hosts, something fishy in the water there. Big time. And Nigeria versus Ivory Coast is your final in Africa. I'm picking Nigeria to win that one, probably three nil. Me too. I, I do. I do too. And Jordan and Cutter could go either way because I didn't expect either one of them to be there. Yeah, I'd like to see Jordan pull it out. I'm sorry, man. Qatar, they they won it last time for the COVID funny one and beat Japan three to one in the final. I I just I want to see Jordan win it. I mean, how crazy would it be? I mean, you don't see teams like Jordan do stuff like this. So I'm Jordan all the way, but because it's Qatar, they're rich as hell. They've probably paid everyone, and uh, they'll probably win. You know, three nil. I mean, that's that's. Just- Good a guess is, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I'd say that probably pretty accurate there. Richest country in the world, man. They'll they'll buy anything, referees included, world so, cup included. Yeah. Real quick to to talk on something we talked last week, obviously about Jurgen Klopp his departure. So there's a couple of candidates that we want to look at real quick in terms of his replacement, and the Liverpool consensus is that they want Javi Alonso, obviously, and. So some of the, I asked you a question earlier today. I wanted you to think on. So, Postacoglu is one of them from Spurs. He's a lifelong Liverpool supporter. That's why he's being considered. It would be no surprise probably for a lot of people if he left Spurs and went to Liverpool because he is a supporter. I, I kind of named you the example today. If I was offered a job somewhere with a different club, I would take it. And if the Liverpool job opened it up and they offered it to me, I would obviously jump on that in a heartbeat. That's the kind of situation we're facing here. You have Julian Nagelsmann, who's very similar to Jurgen Klopp. He comes from the Red Bull Academy. He also had very good teams at Hoffenheim. But there's also, to be said, uh, a little bit of arrogance surrounding him. He's kind of hard to get along with, and his players... They often bump heads with him. So there's that. And maybe because he knows how good he is, that he has some arrogance to him. And there's there seems to be sort of a cloud hanging over his head when it comes to that. There's also Brighton's Deserby, who is in the mix. And, and you have to look at Graham Potter as the example of, was that too much, too quick? 
So is Deserbi in that same conversation too much too quick? Is this going to be too big of a jump? Should he go from Brighton to somewhere else before he makes it to a major club? And then there's Xabi Alonso, who had the Real Sociedad B team in La Liga 2. And those are basically amateur players. And he had them almost stay up. And they're playing against senior squad competition. They're playing against players that are are grown-ass men. And these are just kids. Yeah. He's got 40 points and was able to almost keep them up in the second tier with a roster full of kids and inexperienced players in a B team yeah, playing against senior squad. So what Javi Alonso was able to do, that's why Leverkusen hired him. Now, without further ado, the question I ask you, Leverkusen's undefeated, we just talked about, in 34 matches. They have not lost in this calendar year. Yeah. And they have not lost in this current season, 23-24, at all. Yeah. They have not lost a European match. They have not lost a domestic cup match. They have not lost a league match. Nothing. The numbers say that Leverkusen are overachieving. The numbers say that the expected goals they have are less than what they actually have. The numbers say that Leverkusen have caught lightning in a bottle. Yeah. So my question to you, Nick, was, and I said, think about this. I want your answer. Are Leverkusen, and specifically Javi Alonso, because I believe this weekend more than any other weekend against Bayern is a job interview, specifically for the Liverpool job. Is Javi Alonso lucky with overachieving, or is he actually just that damn good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I thought about it. I was even looking at matches and, and kind of putting things together and just, just checking out, looking at GA, looking at how he's setting up and the players, what he's doing with injuries, Boniface out, everything he's done. And I don't I, – I, I honestly don't think it's – I can't say it's luck. I just can't because, sure, the goals that are being scored are scored late. And the last, I think, three or four, three matches out of the last four, all of them, the goals were scored after 90 minutes to get the win. Uh, and and I don't attribute that. I, I feel like luck, he's not lucky, but because of the way he's set up and the way he's managing these guys, they put themselves in situations where they leave the opportunity open to win the match until the final whistle. Like they're never dead until the whistle blows and it's done because they can score not necessarily whenever they need to, but they can score if they need to, no matter what time it's at. They got the late win against Augsburg. They got the late win against Leipzig. They drew 0-0 to Muchengladbach, which which was something I was not happy about. And then they got the late win against Stuttgart. Some can attribute that to luck, but I feel he's he's putting these guys in these situations where he's setting them up to win. No matter when they win or how they've won, they've just done exactly what he set them up to do, which is just that. 
win. The games before, 4-0-3-0, So really, it's just this little stretch where he's needed the late winners. So I can't say that what he's done is luck. I can't do it. I, I can't. If this makes any sense, he, he's just set them up to where they are winning, but just winning late. I want to say a little bit of luck, but I can't say it's all, it's like 90% his brains and what he's doing and how he's coaching and managing and 10% he's getting the ball to bounce his way. We'll call that luck. So I I thought about that one for some time. I even watched some highlights. I watch all the old late goals and it's just the way he has them playing, man. I, I can't say it's all luck. I can't. Okay, I mean, I, I think that's a great answer. I agree with you. I don't think it's all luck. I don't think that you can be undefeated for this long and just have Lady Luck on your side. I think Absolutely. that it's also a matter of sometimes you overachieve because the manager puts you in a position to overachieve. Yep. His setup, his tactics, his 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 football know-how, if you will, football IQ, and it translates with him to the to, to the man, to the touchline. It did not do that with Stevie G. It did not do that with Frank Lampard. It has not done that with Wayne Rooney. But Javi Alonso gets it. Yeah. He's putting his players and his his team in a position to win. And he puts them in a position to win up until the very last very very last minute before the whistle blows. Yeah. Absolutely. They also from what I can see, he's an excellent man manager. His players play for him. He has an excellent dressing room. Yeah. Something that you will absolutely need if you're going to go uh, manage at Liverpool FC. Big time. Especially having had Klopp there for the last decade, you're going to need to have a manager that continues that winner mentality and that the players play for him. I mean, Virgil van Dijk's already come out and said, you know, him staying at Liverpool is going to determine who they hire next. Yeah. Yeah. And you bring I- back Javi Alonso, who's a Liverpool legend. Among other clubs, he was a legend at, but he's a Liverpool legend too. He plays yeah. in the Legends game there all the time. He knows Anfield. He knows the club. He knows the setup. He knows how it's laid out. And I think it's a perfect fit. Even yeah. though he doesn't have all the experience in the world, sometimes you don't need all the experience in the world if you know what you're doing. And I think he's proving at Leverkusen that he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I agree, man. And and he's showing that he's capable of of managing a big club like Liverpool. I mean, one of the biggest and best clubs that we've seen the last 10 years with Klopp at the helm. And they need someone who's able to do exactly what he's doing or it's going to be, you know, hell on earth because some guys like Virgil van Dijk aren't going to play for a manager who's not going to be able to keep this ship running like it is. And, and it's, it's almost perfect that Klopp picked this time. It's almost like it was planned, you know. It's, it's almost so perfect that it's like they devised this plan a year ago, and now, look, it's all fallen into place, you know. It really seems almost that perfect. So you got to think that he gets that job, and, and I believe he's going to be able to do what he's doing with Leverkusen and do it for Liverpool just solely because Klopp has him set up 
just as well as he does. I mean, what manager wouldn't want to jump in Klopp's spot when you have this this team that was constructed by a German mastermind? I mean, who wouldn't? There was some talk today about the fact that he might end up deciding he wants to stay at Leverkusen and see this project out. But if you win the league this year, it's only going to go down from there because Bayern's going to be back next season. You're not going to be able to do this two years in a row. We know that. It hasn't been done in 12 years. Not once in 12 years, much less twice. Yeah. If he wins the league, do what no one else at Leverkusen's ever done, win them their first Bundesliga title, get to the Champions League. Because Liverpool might say, well, we want to see what he can do in the Champions League. He's done. So he did great. Okay. Do you really need to see that? Because look at what he's done in the Europa League. Yeah, no. He's dominated there too. I'm not saying that's the Champions League, but it's not such a step down in competition to where he's playing trash. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I told you today. I, I know exactly what you're about to say. I told you today, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Because that's the way that it just goes anyway. Yeah. Um, the rhyming will stop. Yeah. I told you today that the UEFA drawing would be rigged, yeah, and that Leverkusen would draw Liverpool. If that, and if the Bayern, if the Bayern match is not a job interview, then when he plays Klopp head to head, when Leverkusen play Liverpool and have to go to Anfield and then host Liverpool at the Bayern Arena, that will be the job interview. I just, dude, if that happens, I mean, let me ask you. Okay, li- listen to this. The year after Klopp leaves Dortmund, he takes the job at Liverpool. Liverpool are in the Europa League. And who do they draw in the Europa League? Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Well, you you called the Champions League group stage, people. Yeah. You said Galatasaray and Bayern and, <laughs> and United. I actually did say Galatasaray and Bayern. They ended up saying, look, it, yeah. it, it, it's rigged. It's rigged. Yeah. This, you, you're smoking crack and eating bullshit if you think it's not rigged. Yeah. This is the same thing as the Super Bowl because they want Taylor Swift on the field yeah. at the trophy celebration because that is going to be more – Teenage girls Monday. are going to watch the Super Bowl this year than ever before. There's yeah. been more female interest in the National Football League, National Handball League, sorry, National Eggball League than ever before yeah. because of Taylor Swift. And it just so happens that the struggling Kansas City Chiefs get there and that Baltimore completely shits the bed at home in the AFC Championship game. All of a sudden, Lamar Jackson can't run the football. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Or throw. Dude, it's yeah. all rigged. Yeah. But, but – I don't know that the matches in the Europa League are rigged. I'm not saying that. I don't, I don't believe that they're rigged. But the draw is. Yeah. The draw is about how many eyes we can get on the product. Yeah. And yeah. if they're saying Javi Alonso is going to be the next Liverpool manager and he's at Leverkusen, and it just so happens that Liverpool and Leverkusen are in that same competition together. Yeah. Watch them draw each other in the round of 16 or the quarterfinals. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if they do it as fast as the, um, the next round, I would be like, Whoa, but they down the line, I feel like they will get each other. And, um, 
it's going to be God. It's going to be just like you said, he's going to need to show up in a suit and tie because it's going to be your job interview, buddy. Let's see what you got. And, and it's funny, Liverpool, they're going to love seeing Xavi Alonso come to that, come there and play because they're going to want to woo, keep him. I mean, what Liverpool supporter wouldn't want Xavi Alonso to come manage right now? He has done something in the Bundesliga that I've never seen before. So, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if I see them draw each other. And it's funny, I knew you were, I knew you were going to say that right when you did because it's got to be it's got to be what happens it's just so it's like it's written man it's written in the stars zabi here's your job interview chance let's see what you can do right so that's that's my thing to you is like if that's if that's if that's the case then if it's not if if the if the job interview is not this weekend against bayern then it's definitely yeah. going to be in the europa yeah. league when he probably faces liverpool head to head yeah and it's going to happen. We know that. I mean, I would say, I would, uh, you know, say that's probably going to happen. I mean, it I think is. that's, I think that, I think that that's the sexiest matchup you have left on paper. It is. No, it, and it, and it will be that. That'll be what happens, and we're going to laugh. Hell, because it's we we both it, we know it's coming. You got the 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 leaders of the Bundesliga versus the leaders in the Premier League. I mean, yeah, what yeah. better? Thing did you have in, in one Europe. manager's outgoing, the other manager's trying to take a step up. That that manager happened to so happened to play for that club. They yeah. love him at Anfield. He plays in all the legends matches. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it the, 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 the it's written right there for you. Yeah, no, it's it, more, it's a WWE script. It's I mean, it's yeah, no, I no. mean, it's, it's it's right there. I'm that's what I'm saying. Like the, the draws are all. Pro wrestling. Oh yeah, those are all. I don't give a. I don't give a damn about ping pong balls. Yeah, it comes down to viewership, and because everything goes around commercials and about yeah. advertisements and ad money, money, they want to make sure that the most eyes possible are on their product. Yeah, so it comes down to. How many eyes can we keep on the TV from the first minute until the 90th minute? Absolutely. And you're not going to get that with Liverpool versus Zagreb and Leverkusen versus Malmo. Right. So, But you won't get it with Leverkusen versus Liverpool. Oh, God. Dude, are you kidding me? That's a dream matchup. You, you, oh, my God. And then how exciting would that be? I mean, you're talking about goals, excitement, up and down the pitch. Dude. I mean, what a what a freaking matchup! So, well, here's the thing too. Like, the, so the Champions League, we know you're not going to get your sexy matchups in the round of 16 because, as we all know, the group winners don't play each other. It's always yeah. the draw is uh, reverse versus right. Yeah. But the quarterfinals is where juicy you get your sexy matchups. Yeah, right. Um, and the same thing basically in Europa League. Yeah. The round of 32 is typically some more Eastern European bullshit squads that need to get eliminated that yeah. somehow made it through. Yeah. And then the round of 16 is the is when you start to get your Dortmunds versus your Liverpools and yeah. that, that, that kind of stuff, right? Juicy, so, juicy, juicy matchups. Right. So if I 
do you, if I tell you, so I, I, I do believe, I mean, you don't have to, don't by any means don't I, just because Liverpool, Liverpool supporters want it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. But I will say at the end of the day, my prediction is the the manager that I want personally is Javi Alonso. That's available that, well, he's unavailable, but he, he can obviously is attainable. And I think the manager they end up with is Javi Alonso. I think that's I think that will be Liverpool's next manager. Do you have someone that you would want to see personally? And do you have someone who you believe that it will be? So is there a difference between those two for you? And if there isn't, who is the guy that you think will be the manager for Liverpool in the 24-25 season? I, I mean, I just I don't think it can go any other way. I mean, anyone I just, I just don't see it happening. Well, I named you some other candidates, so you don't yeah, think well, it's going to be any of them. I, I was going to say that right now your minus one thirty is Zavi. I mean, you put a hundred, you're going to win like eighty five. You put a hundred on Deserby, you're going to win freaking you know three hundred bucks. I mean, the odds are just crazy. It's heavily leaning towards. Zabi Alonso and and I just have to agree with it man I mean it has to be it's just almost set up perfectly I I, I mean in third place is Pep Lind, the the assistant Lingers or whoever it he's is. not well, it's funny because Liverpool the Liverpool podcast and media aren't even mentioning him yeah that's what I'm saying so why is he in third you put a hundred on Deserby you win six hundred bucks I was wrong you put a hundred. On freaking Alonzo, you are literally going to win peanuts. You win seventy four dollars. So okay, they they've already told Pep Lenders he's not getting it. Yeah, I don't know why he's in third. Nagelsmann is in fourth at plus fifteen hundred. A hundred wins you one thousand five hundred dollars with Ruben Amaron. Amaron, yeah, yeah, from the Portuguese league. Yeah, yeah, the the that's right, the Portugal uh, Porto guy we were talking yeah. about, and then your boy Stevie G is tied in fourth with those three names. Steven Gerrard is not even considered. Well, he's he's tied for fourth in, in these they're, odds. They're not – look, he is a complete failure. Postacoglu is plus 2,200 in fifth uh, with crazy mm-hmm. odds, and then Thomas Frank is tied with Postacoglu. So – Okay. Yeah, it, it gets crazy, man. I mean, it's just written in the stars, dude. It's got to be Zabi. You got to think he's coming. It's. Crazy. I would take Ralph Hausenhiltel over Thomas Frank. I don't even see him in the list. God, no, he's not on the list. I'm just saying oh, I would okay. personally take yeah. him because Ralph Hausenhiltel also is a school of the Leipzig product. Gareth Southgate in like eighth place. God, could you imagine? Oh yeah, Southgate's going to manage Liverpool. That's yeah, oh, right. Oh my God, I would, I would <laughs> jump off the Ravenel. Yeah, that. <laughs> God, dude, he is terrible. You talking about terrible? You talking about someone who will run your club into the ground? Give it to Gareth Southgate. He, well, you'd have to play Trent at that point. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you'd have no damn choice. <laughs> so, so you're, you're so just to clarify. Your favorite, who you'd want to see at Liverpool, is Jobby, and the yeah. man you think it will be is also Jobby. Yeah, there's just just no other there's no other option. Okay, it's not so going to go any other way. 
Yeah, we're, we're both you, in agreement there. I, yeah. I, if I had the money, I would put money on Zabi right now and win. You know, put a thousand, you win seven hundred four seven seven hundred forty dollars. I wish I could do it because it's going to happen. You know, it, it's yeah, it, it's got to man. There's just no other way. There's nothing else anybody could tell me to sway me that it's not going to be him. It, it's got to be. It's perfect. I swear they planned this. They talked. They talked a year and a half ago and were like, look. Once you hit Al Sociedad, you're going to go to Leverkusen. Klopp's in with those German guys. Klopp's like, okay, I'm ready to get out of here. Let's get you to Leverkusen. You do your thing. I'll be ready to announce I'm going, and then you can take my spot. Let's just keep your keep your management up. And I'm telling you, he's done it. Now it's time to fulfill Klopp's desires, and now he walks off. You know what? I think – I think Dortmund missed missed the boat in hiring Javi Alonso. They did. Could you imagine? He'd have them tip top shape, and I'd be sick. Well, I would have sacked Terzic last year. Yep. And hired Javi. Yeah. And then, I mean, with that roster, I I, I think he would absolutely be challenging. Yeah, big time, hundred percent. He would it, he would have been the guy yeah. to turn it around. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be him. I agree with you. It's yeah. it's it's the, he's the odds-on favorite, and uh, he's going to he's going to continue a lot of the stuff that Klopp brought into the club. Winning mentality, great great dressing room, full of leaders, great tactical setup, great philosophy, Everything. and very very high football IQ. Big time, all of that. I agree, man. And now he's shown, much like he'll be in the position where Leverkusen is by no means a poor club, but they're not the same money as Bayern. He's able to challenge them and contend for the league. And you look for that in the Liverpool manager because they're not going to be able to outspend City. No. But much like Klopp, can you win a Premier League title with our budget, can you yeah. win a Champions League with our budget? Can you win all the trophies that he's won, everything, with our budget? Klopp yeah. did it. I think Javi Alonso can continue to do that. Absolutely. If anyone can, it can be him. He's young, smart. I mean, this could be another seven, ten years of greatness for Liverpool. So right. It's the yeah. right way to go, man. I don't see it any other way, and I'm not listening to anyone who tells me otherwise. Well, I don't think anyone's going to tell you otherwise until there's a different decision made because exactly. I think that's yeah. pretty much everyone's <laughs> on, on that on that train, right? Right? Yeah. You know, that's so. Oh, okay. Well, man, we oh god, that was a that was a lot. Yeah. We we just just dumped out. We just emptied the refrigerator. Oh, big time, dude. There was a lot a lot to do this week, man. I'm telling you, we when I saw you Saturday, we could have. We could have chatted all night. I, I do want to say Simba, they won five to nil today. So they're starting their, their path to another championship in Africa. Uh, and um, yeah, man, we, we had a lot to talk about and we, I can't think of anything we missed. So, so you want to give a shout out to your Simba lady. Yeah. Um, I, I hope she had a good date um, after she absolutely. left Basil because she yeah. went to uh 
I saw her and her date. Her man went to Paddock afterwards. So, oh yeah, they had a great time. Had to have, and and she's supposed to be bringing me some exclusive young Africans jerseys. If you don't know who they are, they play in Tanzania. They are currently tied top of the league. Uh, very good side. Um, great defense. So yeah, I'll I'm be sorry that soon. Sorry about her blues. Seems Chelsea singing the blues lately. Yeah. Well, they advanced. Got their ass whooped by Liverpool and then double down ass whooped again last last weekend. Yeah, they won today. I will say they look good today. FA Cup, FA Cup, FA Cup replay. It's they 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 won today in an FA Cup replay. They did not. Let's disclaim that. Disclose that. Whatever you want to call it. Disclaimer. They they have they have not had that fortune in the league in quite some time to say they won. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, but hell, we'll probably have just as much to chat about next week being we got these big matches so i'm looking forward to it man well city chelsea also has city coming up in the next few weeks so yeah big one um at at the etihad i believe yeah so, it is you know how the first one ended was 4-4 yeah then in Stamford bridge so yeah it is it's in in uh in the empty had the empty <laughs> had yeah oh man doesn't matter how many titles they win, they're still going to be number two in their own city. Isn't that yep. something? Yep. Glory, glory, Man United. Yeah. <laughs> well, Nick, hey, um, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to call it. I, I think uh, we yep, have yep. covered it all this week, sir. Is there anything real quick that – is there any one match that you're looking forward to? I'm obviously – my eyes are going to be on nothing but Leverkusen and Bayern, but is there somebody else? No, that's it, man. Everything's uh, – Copa Libertadores started back up. I had a match yesterday, match today, match tomorrow, but that's – this is the little stuff. So my eyes are all on um, Germany, Bayern, yep. Leverkusen, and Same here. Bayern Munich. Yep, that's, that's the only thing on my mind. That's all I'm waiting to see, and I freaking cannot wait. All right. Well, with that said – we're going to turn the lights out, call it a week, and sir, I will see you again here and all of you, same time, same place, next week on The Basement. <laughs>